We all have bucket lists. As a lifelong sports fan, mine is full of tons of different sporting events and venues, from the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and beyond. However, my greatest bucket list item is something I want to share with the world and fans like me. What if you could attend a home college football game for all 130 and counting FBS programs? Seems crazy, right? Join me, your host, Bobby Wilson, as I take you along for the ride to see all the FBS venues and more. This is the TNT College Football Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the next episode of the TNT College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Wilson. Today, I have a a guest joining us, uh, my cousin, Jake Saul. Jake, like myself, is a big Michigan fan. We've grown up Michigan fans, and now Jake lives on the west side of Michigan, and he is a college basketball coach. So it's great to have you on, Jake. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. So go ahead. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. I know you're recently married, so that's that's exciting. Absolutely. Yeah, I got married back in May. Um, my, my wife, Lizzie, uh, my best friend. Um, have a dog and a cat, uh, live out in uh, the west side of Michigan, um, and not too far from Western Michigan University. Um, I believe we're going to talk a little bit, bit about them today, too. Um, but grew up originally in the Chicago suburbs, um, about 40 miles from Chicago, um, and then uh, went, to, went to a small Division three school in Illinois, um, played and coached for them basketball for, for my entirety of throughout college and uh, now I am uh, I have the opportunity of um, coaching uh, young men at uh, a small community college up here um, so very exciting stuff going on um, and I'm, I'm honestly really excited to be here and talk some college football awesome we're again like I said we're really glad to have you and uh, let's let's go ahead and just dive right into Michigan I know it's something we're passionate about um, I will say for myself I my passion has grown a little, little dim recently. Um, not because of uh, not because of losing. I, I'm I'm fine with losing. I'm a Detroit Lions fan. I'm used to that. But um, the 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 issue I have is something we'll talk about, um, and I'm sure that we'll be on the same wave, wavelength with that a little bit. But uh, I think we will too. I think we will too. Absolutely. But uh, let's go ahead and just dive right into. To the season, it's it's funny that we're going to talk about Western Michigan because that's Michigan's first game is against Western Michigan in the Big House. Yeah, yeah, and uh, um, I, I don't know how you feel about the game. Um, I don't think uh, I don't think Western Michigan will come on on top that game, but I honestly think they will give Michigan a run for their money. Um, I, I pulled up some stats uh, last night looking at some stuff. Um, this is this is without Dwayne Eskridge now this year, um, but looking at last year, where they averaged uh, 42 points per game, um, which was I believe tied for ninth in the nation um, amongst FBS and FCS programs. So, yeah, I I think the offensive power is uh, they're they're an offensive uh, juggernaut, um, and I think that some guys that they have coming in this year um, and guys they have last year are going to step up. Um, but I, I really think that they're going to give Michigan a run for their money. I absolutely agree with that. I, I think, I mean, any team that can score 42 points a game, I don't care who you're playing against. I know they played only a max schedule, but that doesn't matter to me. I mean, 
you score 42 points, you you could score. I mean, you're just you're that damn good. And uh, yep. like you said, losing Dwayne Eskridge is going to hurt anytime you lose an NFL wide receiver, especially in the MAC. You it, it's gonna it's gonna affect you a little bit. But uh, Western Michigan's quarterback uh, Caleb Ilby is one of the best group of five quarterbacks in the nation. Probably a guy that a lot of people haven't heard about, but he he can he can sling it. He put up some pretty pretty amazing numbers last year for only playing uh, in six games. He threw for seventeen hundred fifteen yards and eighteen touchdowns and only two picks. So that's that's. <laughs> That's pretty impressive. And I think I'm pretty sure he did that on like I think it was like 65 or 67 percent completion rate too. So I mean that's that's pretty pretty good. And again, doing it in six games is unbelievable. So. Absolutely, and I, I think he's definitely a guy that's going to get a shot to play on Sundays. Oh uh, yeah, eventually yes, I, I do. The, the issue for Western Michigan, though, is they averaged 42 points per game offensively, but they still only went 3-3 three and three last year. So the defense for them definitely has to step up. Yeah, I believe they gave up. Or, uh, what I wrote down was they gave up about 34 points per game. Um, and I think, uh, if I remember correctly, they gave up uh, like 50 points in or 50 points in the back to back to back last two games of their season. Mm-hmm. So yep. Um, yep. definitely, definitely on the defense, defensive side of the ball, they need some. They need some improving. Absolutely. So we both got that one down as a win, um, nar- narrowly though I think. But uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. Then their next game is against the Washington Huskies, and that game I believe Michigan will get beat. I have I actually have um, Washington winning the Pac-12. Yeah, Washington's one of those teams that has kind of been slept on. Um, they've been quietly, uh, or I guess they, I guess you could say they've been sneaky the last few years. Um, I don't watch a whole lot of Pac, Pac-10 football, um, but they Washington's always a name that's come up, you know, the past few years. And I, them coming into Ann Arbor, um, it's it's supposed to be a maze out. Mm-hmm. I I I don't know. I, I it's. Smells, it just smells like an upset waiting to happen. Right, right, and and <clears throat> the the way I kind of see it is th- their defense is loaded. Um, yep. Our Lions w- were able to draft uh, their big defensive tackle, but still they got so much back defensively, and I'm really intrigued to see uh, what happens at the quarterback position for Washington because. They uh, they have a freshman in Sam Heward who is related to the Heward brothers um, of Washington lineage, and I think he could he he's the highest ranked quarterback I believe that they've ever gotten, and that's that's saying something because they've ha- had some really good quarterbacks late recently. So I, I think yep. I think to get somebody like that to pretend, and and I don't know if he's there, if they named him as the starting quarterback yet or not, but if if they have, I think it'll be amazing to see um, what he's able to do over a four year stretch. Yeah, absolutely. I think I honestly think they can make some noise. Um, you know, if not this year, definitely next year. But I think I think that that's uh, uh, I think that that's 
you know, on, on their radar. Um, and I, I, I really hope Michigan's not overlooking them because uh, they can, they're going to do some damage. Absolutely. So I think we're going to say Michigan is one and one after that game. Then, uh, yeah, I'd agree with that. Next, next up is, uh, Northern Illinois NIU. Um, I, I think, I think if Michigan loses that one, I think you got some real, real problems. And that's that's not a hit on it's not a hit on NIU, but it's just NIU isn't what they were ten years ago. No, when they had when they had Garrett Wolf and and all those guys, they were unbelievable. Um, Absolutely, and, and, you know they were so fun to watch. And um, after after Garrett Wolf went to the NFL, I believe he played for the Bears, if I'm not mistaken. Um, they, they just kind of they just kind of fell off a little bit. I mean, they've been competitive, you know, some seasons. Um, but I, I completely agree. I think if you if you lose uh, to NIU in Ann Arbor or even come close to losing, you have some way bigger issues than on your hands. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. So we got them at two and one. Um, then they start Big Ten play at home against Rutgers. Now, Rutgers is getting better. Greg Schiano is a very good coach. He had a great first stint there before he left for the NFL. But Rutgers is still building, and uh, that's a game Michigan should handle Rutgers. But I mean, I'm, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say they win by double digits. But uh, it's not a game they should overlook. That's for sure. Absolutely, and I mean, um, it, you know, Rutgers is going to be looking to come in and uh, you know beat them on their homecoming day um and I, I i think i think michigan will handle them um pretty easily um i, I know that they do have a very good or a, a decent up-and-coming team um but i just i'd have i have michigan written all over that one absolutely i agree couldn't agree more so they're three and one now at this point then they go to wisconsin and uh that's never an easy place to play. Heavens no. Um, and I, I have Wisconsin winning the West, and I have Wisconsin actually having a fantastic year. But uh, I just I don't see a scenario where Michigan's able to win that game. I, I hope I hope they surprise me. But um, hopefully they're, they're able to gain that momentum, um, being 3-1 and one or possibly even 4-0, and oh, going to Wisconsin, going to Madison. And maybe they could uh, shock some people, but I just don't see it happening. I'm I'm kind of that same way. Um, looking at their schedule, it says um, it says that uh, the, the time and the TV station that could be announced. So I'm I'm thinking that you know if Michigan and, and Wisconsin are both four and zero or three and one going into that game, it's going to be a prime time game on you know uh, on whatever channel ABC, ESPN, whatever. Right. Um, I, I that, that could be that could get ugly for Michigan in my opinion. I, I agree. I think so too. I know they've struggled with, with Wisconsin in Wisconsin in the past. Um, and it, right. just, it hasn't, it hasn't gone well for them. I know last year when they played Wisconsin, absolutely destroyed them in Ann Arbor. Um, obviously, yeah. the, obviously the Michigan team last year was not, uh, to Michigan standards, but, but nonetheless, nonetheless, uh, to get destroyed the way that they did, is not good. <laughs> no. So I think we're gonna we're gonna say that's a loss. So we got them at three and two at that point. Then the next week they go to Nebraska. And and I think that this game is a toss up. Really, I really really do. I think Nebraska obviously has issues of their own. 
kind of to the same point as Michigan, in my opinion, from a coaching standpoint, which we'll get to later. But uh, I, I'm honestly, and you might not agree with this, but I'm honestly going to say Michigan loses that game. Um, I don't know. I, I, just being Rutgers and what they've been the past few years, um, and I know it's a different year, but I, I, I honestly think that, um, I honestly think Michigan, you know, they, they should win by double digits. They should. Yes. Um, I, I don't know if they will, but we'll see. I, I agree that they should. I think, I think they're better than Nebraska, but I, I do think that, uh, I don't know. I don't know if the game's going to mean more to Nebraska than it does to Michigan. Um, right. I, I I personally think Scott Frost is coaching for his job this year, and I I think well they also have some potential sanctions on their hands. That that's a whole other issue. But uh, oh really? Yeah they they <laughs> there there was a rumor going there was a rumor going around that Nebraska self-reported themselves so they could potentially uh, get out of Scott Frost's contract, which obvious, obviously you, you see rumors and hear rumors like that. I mean, maybe not to that extent type of rumor, but there you're going to hear rumors about all kinds of things. So I, I can't confirm or deny, obviously, if that's true or not, but I... Yeah, that'd, be, that'd be pretty crazy. <laughs> right. I, I just heard that they self-reported some violations, and I don't remember exactly what the violations were, but... uh. I know he's owed a lot of money, and obviously at Nebraska, um, that fan base is one of the best in college football, and they want to win. Oh, super and passionate. Absolutely, super absolutely. Um, so I think you're going to say that's a W. I say it's a loss. So I'm, at that point, 3-3 three and three on my end. For you, four okay, and, and, three, I'm four and two. Four yep. and two, yep. Then they get a week off, and then they return to home to Ann Arbor and play Northwestern. Now, Northwestern, uh, Northwestern I'm, has been. I'm one, not gonna. Go ahead. Sorry, I'm gonna. No. I'm gonna go. I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you get to your point in just a second. Um, they're gonna come in to Ann Arbor and they're gonna beat the brakes off of Michigan, and that's all I'll say. Really. I truly think so. I, I I will I will say Northwestern is definitely better coached, in my opinion. I think there's a lot of college football programs that are better coached, but we'll we'll get to that. We'll get we'll get to that, yes. I actually have Michigan winning that game. So we, so so basically we flipped we flip flopped our Nebraska and Northwestern predictions. So that's yep. but we're either so way what's your what are your thoughts on Northwestern then? I, I think Northwestern is the second best team in the West, but I'm going to give Michigan the benefit of the doubt. Since I have them losing at Nebraska, I have them returning after a bye week and playing with some pride and squeaking out a win, barely. Okay, okay, that's fair. Then we go to the next... Uh, at this point, we both have them at... At four and three. Yep. So the next week is at Michigan State. And I, I think we both can agree with this. If they lose to Michigan State again, 
I, I think you might have to pull the plug right then and there. You have to. I mean... You absolutely have to. They should not... I don't care how bad Michigan's season was last year. I don't care about the injuries and the quarterback debacle and all that stuff. I, I don't care. Um, the fact that they went into... The fact that they played Michigan State, it was at home. I right. Believe, right? Absolutely. They played uninspired football and that day. I've, I've never seen um, a more lackadaisical, for lack of a better term, performance um, out of a Michigan team in my entire life. They were they were bad. They were terrible. And there was no excuse for it. Um, Michigan State was arguably an even worse team last year. And they let them come into the big house. And, and I was, I was, I, I turned that game half, or I turned that game off halfway through. And I was like, I can't watch this. I actually did the same exact thing. I was sitting with my wife, and we both are just like, "What? This is ridiculous!" Like you're playing your you're playing your in-state rival, and you just are just like you said, lackadaisical. They were uninspired. Like it was it was ridiculous. And like you said, the injuries and all this and that that doesn't matter. You're playing your rival. You need to show up. And Michigan didn't show up. Mel Tucker had the Spartans ready to play. And they played their best game of the year, by far. And I will say that I do like what what Mel Tucker's doing at Michigan State, and I think they're going to be really good. I don't think they're going to be really good this year, but I think down the road. I I will say um, he came came into a really bad situation at a really, really bad time. Um, And I think that... I think that he can do. I think he can do some stuff with the program for sure. I think that. Uh, I think that Michigan State, you know, could be could go back to. I don't know. I don't want to say you know, uh, college football playoff level uh, right. just yet. But I think they. Could, right. I think they could be decent in the next few years. Right. Now, with all that said, I am going to say Michigan wins that game just because I feel like they have to. I would agree. I, I, I would agree with you. I don't feel like there's a scenario where they can lose that, and if they do, then the brakes are just going to fall off because the next four weeks they have four difficult games, in my opinion. Yep, um, I agree. So we have them winning that game to push them to five and three. So they're on the they're on the cusp of bowl eligibility at this point. So the following week they turn around and play Indiana, and Indiana is loaded. Michael Penix Jr., the quarterback at Indiana, is one of the best players in college football. Yeah, they are. They are. Uh, they are a pretty good team. I remember them uh, at Penn State last year. I know that the, the you know the call was controversial and all that stuff, but mm-hmm. just the way that they fought, and I believe that they played Ohio State with that same mentality and that same fire last year, and it was that Indiana team. I mean, going to Indiana. Uh, I know they're at home this year, but but typically going to Indiana, I've, I'm always scared that Michigan's gonna uh, gonna lay an egg, um, and you know that's that's. Uh, I think that they have a really really good team this year. Um, I don't. I, I would I would I think personally that Indiana will walk into Ann Arbor uh, and, and hand them a W. I think it's going to be a close game, or hand them an L. I should say. Sorry. Um, right. I think it's going to yeah. be a close game, but I, I do think that Indiana's going to walk out of there with. I would agree with that. I I think 
I actually have Indiana beating Ohio State this year. I, I really do. I, I, I have Ohio State still winning the Big Ten, still potentially going to the college football playoff, but I do have them losing at Indiana. That's how highly I think of Indiana. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I think you know. I think they're going to be a decent team this year for sure. Right, right. So I, I think we're both saying that's an L, five and four now. The following week they go to Penn, to Penn State. Um, we we know how Michigan has fared at Penn State of late. Um, hasn't been good. Um, no, not at all. And I, I see that being the case again. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I just don't think that. Um, you know, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll get into their one of their recruits later on, but um, I don't think their recruiting class and even last year's recruiting class. Um, I, I don't think that they've been groomed well enough, um, and I don't think they're going to be groomed well enough this year to even um, to, to make a difference. And I know it's not all the freshmen, sophomore that sophomores that play and that make a huge difference, but but I'm. Just the way that they're that they've been going as of late, I don't think that they're going to be able to compete with that state. Um, and there's another team that's coming up that I know they're not going to be able to compete with. Right. So Abso- absolutely. Absolutely. So we got them at five and five now, and now the following week they go to Maryland, and this is basically the make or break point for Michigan, honestly, because I mean the the following week they play Ohio State. We'll we'll talk about that in a, in a second, but. Michigan has to win at Maryland to be bowl eligible with the way we're looking at it right here. Um, right. And I'm going to be honest with you, Maryland's offense with uh, Tuka Valoa uh, at quarterback, Tua's brother, um, they're they're good. And yeah. and I, I, had, I, I had a lot of fun watching him last year. Absolutely. That game they played against Minnesota last year was really fun to watch. Um, yeah, it was, I remember that game. It was unbelievable. It unbelievable. was. And and I'm going to be honest. I have Michigan losing that game. So no bowl, huh? I, I don't see them making a bowl game. I, I, yeah. The, the, way that, the way that they played last year, just being uninspired and just not – just not looking like a Michigan team. I, I I don't know if you can fix that in one off season. Right. No, I, I absolutely agree. Um, you know, I, I don't think that they um, – I'm not too well-versed in, in Maryland other than, you know, the one game that I watched last year um, mm-hmm. with Tagovailoa. And I, I, I thought that they were awesome. You know, I, I really enjoyed watching that game. I really enjoyed watching them play. Um, but other than that, I'm not too well-versed. Alright, so we got them at 5-6, and six, leading to the last game of the year against Ohio State. And uh, I, I think, I don't know how much we really need to talk about this game. I just, I mean, I think the only way to put it is Michigan's not even close. Um, I want to ask you a question. Um, how many, since the year 2000, how many games would you say Michigan has beaten Ohio State in? Since the year two thousand, <clears throat> I'm an, I, I mean it's not going to be many, um, maybe five. They're three and seventeen oh in the year two thousand against Ohio State. 
even worse. I was being generous. <laughs> I, um, I I totally understand. I totally get that Michigan is still, you know, all time beating Ohio State in terms of games, uh, wins and losses and ties and all that stuff. Um, but is it? I, I, I want to ask: Is it even a rivalry at this point? Because they constantly beat the brakes off of us in terms of recruiting every single year. Right. They constantly uh, they, they put up what. Uh, 60, 63 two years ago, 62 points two years ago, and 50-something points last year, or vice versa. I think I, I don't know if I got those mixed up. Yeah, luckily, luckily we weren't able to play them last year because of COVID. Well, yeah. I mean, because we would have we, we would have lost by 50 points last year, if not more. Oh, absolutely. There's, there's no question. There's no question. Um, but, yeah, it's – I'm – I, I don't know. Ohio State takes uh, uh, me off every single year, and um, I I have to look forward to the basketball season at that point because it's 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 just terrible. Right. It's I, not even a rivalry anymore, in my opinion. It's just an absolute beatdown every year. Absolutely. I was actually going to ask you that very question, and you already answered it. And I I couldn't agree more. I I don't I don't feel like you can be a rivalry when you consistently consistently get just blasted every time you play now granted a couple a couple years ago they were both like one and two in the nation but that has definitely been not that definitely hasn't been the norm in the past 20 years like you like you said three and 17 like that's not that's not a rivalry yeah i remember there being some close games um the one where where uh jt barrett was short and he, mind you. Um, and he most definitely was short you know they <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they went into overtime. Um, you know, they that was a crazy game. Yeah, um, that was. I think that's the closest one in recent memory, though. I don't yep. think anything else has been. It's been it's been close for a while. Absolutely. Yep. I I agree. So we both we both have Michigan going five and seven then, and not going to a bowl game. Which that's pretty crazy. Which to think about absolutely. Which then leads to our next topic. And I think this is a perfect segue. That if Michigan doesn't make a bowl, what what? And I think our list, listeners can can probably guess our opinion on this. Like Jim Harbaugh, I'll let you take the floor on this one. Okay. Um, there, there's there's something that uh, you know when when he was hired in 2015. Um, I remember looking at my dad and I said, this guy's going to turn things around for the University of Michigan. I said, he went to a Super Bowl. He had a very successful NFL career. He had a successful coaching career in the NFL, had a successful coaching career at, uh, in, in college as well. Um, I thought this dude was going to come into Michigan and turn things around. Um, and I wrote, I wrote some stuff down, did some research. Um, they, his first year... Um, his, full, his first full recruiting year, uh, so that would be 2016, they were eighth in the nation and second in the Big Ten in terms of recruiting. Um, that was that's that's the high tied for the highest that they've been um, since Harbaugh's been there. Um, and and the, that 2016 team was unbelievable, right? Mm-hmm. Like their right. defense was amazing, and right. their, their offense was clicking on firing all cylinders. They were a really good team. Yep. Um, since then. Um, I apologize. They went fifth in the nation the year after that in terms of recruiting. Um, dropped down to 22nd in 2018. 
eighth in 2019, and then the past two years they've been 14th and 13th. Um, I thought this guy was going to come in and have this big name and, and turn things around immediately, and that has not been the case. Um, I thought that this guy was this, this football guru. Um, I thought that he was, again, going to bring in all these recruits, and that hasn't happened, any of it. Um, I'm going to... I'm gonna go to the basketball side for just a second, Bobby. Absolutely. Um, we, the, the University of Michigan brought in Jawan Howard, who is not, or who, who was not an NBA coach, uh, or an NBA head coach, I should say, or a college head coach before he got to the University of Michigan. He came in, and within the first month of the season, they were the number one team in the nation after beating, I believe it was Gonzaga, down in the Bahamas at their, ter- at their opening tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, he has put Michigan basketball. I mean, they were already back on the map with, with Beeline and all that. Right. But you have you. you I'm, I'm comparing. I'm trying to compare um, the the professional level that Juwan Howard had and the professional level that uh, that Jim Harbaugh had. Right. And the amount of the, the, the recruiting. Look at look at just look at the recruiting. Juwan Howard comes in and gets number one recruiting class. Well, not number two, but number two recruiting class in the nation. Going into next year, in his what is this? His, his, his second year, going right? Into his third year, right? Like it's unbelievable. And how do you? I, I don't. I don't understand. If you're the University of Michigan, you're this big football powerhouse and this big football blue blood. How do you look at Jim Harbaugh and the, and his staff, his coaching staff, and say this is the right, this is the right way to go, this is the right direction to stay? We're not, we're not going to get rid of him. When you look at the success that Jawan Howard has already had. You have to, I mean, it's taken him, he's had multiple chances. He's had, what, seven years, six years to try to turn this thing around and to get this thing, um, you know, get them back or to get them in the college football playoff for the first time. And he hasn't done any of that. And, again, going back to the whole, whole Ohio State thing, he hasn't beaten Ohio State. Right. He's been here. I think, actually, he might have beaten them once, but that's that's it. Um, it's I, I'm, I'm very frustrated with Jim Harbaugh. Um, I don't think he's a good coach. Um, I think he, um, when he first got to Michigan, his fire was there. He was active. He was energetic, and that has completely gone away. It's like he, it's, it's like that, uh, like the team last year. He was, he's completely disinterested. He's completely lethargic, and he, uh, yeah. I think I thought it was time for him to go last year. I don't care if it was the COVID year and they're just giving him a, you know, like a. Uh, like a buy or a pass, I guess you could say. They gave him an extension, right? And right. The, I mean, the, ru- the the rumor has it is that you know they 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 gave him the extension in order to um, you know lessen the blow when they or if they were to fire him at the end of this year. Um, Which makes no sense. Time, <laughs> you should have just gotten rid of him altogether. There, there's no reason he should be the head coach of our football team right now. In my opinion, I absolutely agree. I. I have a couple thoughts on this. I, I think I I know you said when they hired him you were excited. Now when they hired him, I have not been excited about Jim Harbaugh from the from the get go. I have not I didn't I understood the hire when they did it. I mean obviously it makes sense. He's one of the greatest players in Michigan football history. He went played he coached in the Super Bowl, like he played in the NFL for a long time. Like it it makes sense. I get it. But I never liked his fiery the fieriness he had because I always felt like he's made it about himself and not about the team and not about the players. I feel, I feel, I mean, you and I are both coaches. Um, 
it's always about the players. And now, I granted, I know at the level that Michigan's at, you have to have that personality. Well, you don't have to, but it helps to have that personality at head coach to make it more to give the fan base a little bit more to get excited about. But I, I just have not been a fan from from the beginning of with the hire. Now, I know at the beginning he had success. I mean, they had some good players. And, I mean, they've turned out plenty of NFL players. But it's Michigan. That's going to happen. Right. Um, one, one thing, and, and this is me kind of maybe creating a conspiracy possibly, but uh, – I, I know they gave to him that extension. And part of me wonders if they gave him that extension just because to like give him a vote of confidence just so it's out there. Like, hey, we support Jim Harbaugh. We think we can he can write the ship. We think he can get it right, which he very well could. He very well could. Right. But right. I, I think... I think Michigan wants to get uh, Matt Campbell from Iowa State. You know, I was just going to bring that up. And, um, and I was actually sitting here doing, uh, when I was, you know, researching my stuff last night, I was, I was that was the one question I was going to ask you, is what, where do we go from here? If we were to, let's say, we, let's say we go five and seven at the end of the year, and, you know, we would fire Har- Harbaugh and get rid of the entire staff and all that stuff, who are we going to go with? And I think And 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 I think I think Matt Campbell basically said when he didn't go to the Detroit Lions last year that he was all in on the on Iowa State this year, which he should be. Iowa State's going to be unbelievable. Um, but they they're going to lose a ton after this year. So I I think it's an opportunity for him to ride that out this year and potentially. Get snagged by snagged up by one of the blue bloods, and that would be that's that's my opinion on on the situation. That may, maybe Michigan's thought is okay. Hey, we give Harbaugh an extension. Hopefully, he can fix it. Hopefully, he can do what we do what we want them to do here. And like I said, he very well could do that. But then I also think it allows them to to then go get Matt Campbell. And he's done such a great job of putting Iowa State back on the map. Right. I, um, I mean, that's historically one of the worst programs in America. Yeah, and you know they they've they've been really fun to watch. And you know when the when the rumors were flying around last year of him going to the Lions, or even you know there was there was a, a lot of Michigan Twitter um, was talking about you know Matt Campbell coming to the coming to Ann Arbor. Right. And I was excited. I was I was very I was like, let's go, let's do this. Absolutely. And then they gave Harbaugh the extension and he wanted to stay in Iowa State. So, you know, it's it's all about and if he wants to coach those guys this last year and then come to Michigan, I'm okay with that. But um yeah, I don't know. I think I think Matt Campbell would be great. I think he could he's really uh he's like I said, he's turned that program around. Hopefully he, he would if he were to come to Michigan he could turn this program around too and kind of build us back to what we should be. Absolutely. So that's our that's our hot take on the Michigan football season. So now obviously the 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 focus of my podcast and the journey is obviously attending all the all one hundred and thirty FBS stadiums and 
Michigan Stadium in the Big House is obviously um, probably the best stadium in college football. If not, it's one of the best. Um, it's a stadium I've been to many, many times. Um, seen some great things. And I also saw them lose to Appalachian State in 2007. But, um, Jake, I know that you said we were talking beforehand, and I knew this too, that you haven't actually been to a game at the University of Michigan, but you have another experience that I think the listeners will be really intrigued to hear about. Yeah, for sure. So um, I will say that being a big Michigan fan, it's one of my uh, deepest regrets that I haven't been to a game yet. I'm twenty, almost 25 years old and have never been to a Michigan game. Um, I, I Again, I grew up in the Chicago suburbs. I know that's not an excuse. Um, but it was it was difficult to get to a game and uh, you know being tight on money throughout our entire lives. Like I was just never able to go. Um, but you know now that I'm living in Western Michigan and I'm within two hours of the stadium, I, I need to go and I'm trying to get there this year. Um, however, I'll, I'll get to my story now. Um, I played. I mentioned at the beginning. Um, I played college basketball for a year um, at a small Division three school, and every every four years we would go. Uh, we would take a trip. Um, to uh, outside the country. Um, and that particular year, we went to Toronto, um, played some exhibition games up there. And on the way back, our coach, our head coach, um, had some connections at the University of Michigan. Um, I believe the person, the, his, his, his connection, uh, their daughter was playing for the University of Michigan's women's basketball team at the time. Um, so it was, uh, we, we got to, we got to go in and, and, uh, basically walk through the visitor's tunnel onto the sta- or into the stadium on the field, um, take pictures on the field. Um, you know, it was, it was absolutely immaculate. And my entire time, the entire time I was walking through the tunnel, my heart was racing. Um, and I remember, I remember taking a video walking through the, the tunnel and uh, I still have the video and you can see my hand, like you can see the video shaking um, because of just how excited I was and how happy I was. And, um, yeah, that's that's one day I'll never forget, um, and you know that's it's, it's definitely a place that I need absolutely need to catch a game in. Um, you know, I, it's it, again it's one of my biggest regrets that I haven't yet, um, but uh, I promise you I will be soon. So, yeah, I, I love it. Uh, as a person who's been to many games there, I I will speak to a couple things about it. I mean, this the stadium can fit over 115,000 people in it. I mean, it is a massive, massive building. Now, when you drive along the street, it doesn't look very big because it's mostly underground. But when you walk in to the stadium the first time, and and even with me being to like 10 plus games at the University of Michigan, even when I walk in to this day, it still is a, a... awe-inspiring experience just because of how big it really is and just as a Michigan fan you just walk in there and you just think about all the great things that have happened there and all the great players that have played there home and away uh visiting teams just everything that's happened in that stadium it's phenomenal what what that stadium is and actually I I did a little research on the stadium to begin, like how it started. And the stadium was built in 1927. And 
it seated 72,000 people in 1927. Like that that to me is absolutely staggering because when you, when you think of like 1927, you're all, honestly you're thinking how did people get to the game? Right. It, it and to get 72,000 people to a football game when transportation is very difficult at that point in time in our history it, it, it it's just mind-blowing and and the state the stadium cost nine hundred and fifty thousand dollars to build in 1927 which which if you equip the equivalent to that in 2019 would be 11.4 million dollars yeah i was just gonna say the so i work on a side note i work uh, in a company that um, basically does uh, like like sells industrial kitchen equipment, and we have a few stadiums right now. For example, we have we're working on uh, the Seattle Kraken Stadium, the the new hockey stadium out in Seattle. That's awesome. And um, yeah, it's unbelievable. Um, their kitchen equipment alone is uh, it's like ten point four million dollars. So put that in. Oh my goodness! Just think about that. <laughs> yeah, it's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. Yeah, and, and, then, and then to, th- uh, to I mean, think I mean, about it, that, wow! Like it's not just it's like installation and stuff like that too. But I mean, think about that. They're putting ten point four million dollars into a hockey stadium, right? Right. Think about, and that that's probably what twenty twenty four thousand people at most. Think about the big house. They have a hundred, a hundred, what fifteen hundred thirteen thousand seats in there. I th- yeah. I think I think they yeah. say that the official capacity is like a hundred and seven thousand plus. But they got over 115,000 in there for the last Notre Dame game. Right. So. Yeah, that's absolutely insane. So everybody, uh, everybody. I everybody bring up, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I did want to bring up one fun fact. They, um, when they were building the stadium, um, they, they basically installed footings, um, like in a certain strategic way that allows expansion up to 200,000 so we may not see the end. This might not be the end of Michigan Stadium altogether in its entirety. They may end up expanding more, um, but that's that's only if Jim Harbaugh leaves the team. So that that's that's mind blowing, actually, to think of a stadium at that size. I I, I think that's only something that you think of in SEC standards. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> All right, let's uh. Let's take a little bit of time and look at. Uh, I know we kind of talked about Western Michigan a little bit. The, only, the reason we're going to talk about Western Michigan, obviously, you live right by there, and uh, and it, we actually plan on going to a game September twenty fifth. Western Michigan hosts San Jose State, and that's uh, yep. th- that's a game I plan on going to. I've never been to Western Michigan, so I. That will be one of the first games that I cross off my list in my tour. So I'm excited about that. Excited to go with you. And uh, yeah, I know your your wife, uh, Lizzie, um, got her master's degree from there and uh, worked there. Correct? Yeah, yeah. She she was fortunate enough after we after we graduated with our undergrad, um, she had the opportunity to attend the uh, Western Michigan. Um, she got her she got her master's paid for, um, and she was uh, they were actually paying her to teach 
uh, like freshman level courses, like English courses and stuff. So um, we we decided to move up here, and we instantly became Western Michigan fans for that reason alone. Um, yeah, it's it's a great school. Um, it's uh, a very very nice campus. Um, they're doing a lot of renovations to it uh, as we speak. Actually, they just put up a beautiful dorm or uh, dorm, um, and I, I believe they just tore down some more and they're putting more up. Um, their stadium is super cool. Um, it's it's super open, um, but it's uh, it doesn't doesn't seat nearly as many as uh, University of Michigan does. But it's a, it's a very nice, clean stadium, um, and uh, it overlooks the baseball field. Um, and, and the baseball the baseball field's immaculate. Um, yeah, just a really cool location. Just a really really uh, nice location, clean, all that. So yeah. That's awesome. I, I look forward to making the trip to Kalamazoo for that game. Obviously, growing up in Michigan, I've been to Kalamazoo many times, but I, I actually have never been to Western Michigan so or to the University of West, Western Michigan, so that I'm excited for that. Um, looking at Western Michigan's season, I, I, we're not going to break down every game, but I'm just I'm gonna I have them going six and six and five and three in the MAC, and I have them competing for a MAC championship, and I know we said that they're going to lose to Michigan narrowly, but I am going to say that I think Western Michigan is going to have the best record of any of the FBS teams in the state of Michigan. Yeah, I could, I could absolutely see that. I could absolutely see it. Um, they have, uh, I think we talked about it um, uh, a little bit before, um, but, I mean, they, they averaged, last year they averaged 42 points a game. Um, and I know that's with an NFL caliber uh, receiver, um, but I mean they're returning their quarterback, they're returning their their uh, their top running back, and they're returning their their second best wide receiver. Um, you know th- those are all uh, they're all recipes for you know another another great offensive year. Um, and I I really think that they can make some noise in the MAC for sure. Um, and I, I would not um, I would not bet against them um, to go play for a MAC championship. I think that they could absolutely do that. Absolutely, and I, and I'm really excited. The game that we're planning on going to, uh, like I said, they play San Jose State, and it's that, I think that's going to be a really good Group of Five game. Where you see we talked about Caleb Ellaby at quarterback for Western Michigan and what he did last year, but then San Jose State has Nick Starkle, who has kind of made the tour of the SEC before he got to San Jose State. But last year at San Jose State, he threw for almost 2,200 yards and 17 touchdowns. So I think that's going to be a, a really, really good matchup of two good group of five teams, but two good, two top-level group of five quarterbacks. So I think I'm really excited to see that. And uh, that game could be a toss-up. I, I I personally, I actually have San Jose State winning that game, actually, um, just because I think they're a little bit better. But I could, yeah. see, I could see that going either way, honestly. Yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree. Um, I don't again. I don't know much about San Jose State, um, and you know my my knowledge of Western Michigan isn't um, you know it, it doesn't extend too much at least for the football team. Um, but you know I think that um, you know they they have some good things going there, and you know just just based off of looking at stats last night, you know I, I just think that um, Caleb Elby, I mean he, he looks. Looks really good. I mean, third team all back last year. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, he could. And that was that was uh, his freshman season, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he, I think he could turn out to be a, a really really good quarterback. 
Um, so I'm, I'm very excited for that game. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. And uh, <clears throat> thank you for that. I, I thank you for the insight on that. And uh, thank you for jumping on. Uh, it's been a lot of fun talking about uh, a team we're very passionate about in Michigan. Um, hopefully our fellow Michigan fans don't get too upset with our with our honesty. Um, again, obviously it's just our opinion on things, but I, I, that's honestly how I feel. Obviously it's honestly how you feel. And, uh, it'll just, just, uh, interesting to hear different perspective on, on things. I think I, cause I, I don't, I don't, I don't want people thinking that it's all rosy in Ann Arbor. Absolutely. And I mean, I hope he does. I, I really do. I, because he's an alum and he's one of the best players to ever play there. I, 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 you, you want him to get it. You want him to get it right. And you want it to be, to, to go right. But just with how they played last year, I just don't think it's even possible. Yep. I agree. Well, that's, that's going to be the end of our, end of our show today. Uh, thank you so much, Jake, for, for joining me today. And, uh, uh, you got any last any last thoughts for our listeners? No, not today, man. I, I just uh, wanted to say thank you for the opportunity. Um, you know, this is the this is the first podcast we've ever jumped on, so hopefully, uh, hopefully, we have uh, some more podcasts that'll be jumping on later later down the road. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, Bobby Bobby's got a really good thing going here. Uh, I'm excited for for the future of the TNT College Football Podcast. I'm excited for his journey. Um, yeah, stick with him. Um, I promise it's going to be great. Really, really appreciate that. Again, guys, thank you so Absolutely. much. Thank you guys so much for listening today. Um, we we are two days away from the college football season. Hit you. Feel free to look me look up uh, the TNT College Football Podcast on Twitter at TNT College Foot One or me personally at Coach Underscore B Will. Um, Today, we I just released with I've talked about my partnership with Sidelines UConn. I released uh, my my thoughts for UConn's first upcoming opponent, Fresno State, who they play Saturday. So go ahead and look that up. See how I'm. See what I think the Huskies are going to be facing against Fresno State. Spoiler alert: It's going to be really hot. But thanks again, Jake, for coming on. Thank you everybody for listening. God bless. Have a good night.